uh, normally I need that Tuesday because that's more like my uh, catharsis moment. Mm. You know, a lot of the times I let everything build up until Tuesday. And then it's like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> and then I'm watching and it's just like, and release. And then like, you know. What's going on, y'all? It's the Out of the Berg podcast here. And today we have a uh, fellow Frostburg alum and also theater alum, Brandon Chase and Will Broomton. Thank What's you going for on, y'all? Yeah, thank you for having us. How, yeah. how, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so, again, I'm Brandon Chase. Um, I recently graduated from Frostburg State. Um, shout out to the Bobcats. Um, <laughs> all of you out there, and um, um, I graduated from the theater and dance department, um, focusing on the acting track, um, and my career goal, I guess, would be to uh, develop Will and I's. Uh, production company called No Free Ride Productions. Mm. Um, nice. And to continue on the path of like screenwriting and acting and producing content and okay. such. Okay. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. That's very um, cool. Will Brainson, uh, also graduated from Frostburg, focused in theater, acting, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, graduated in 2018. Um, and just lately, like Brandon said, just really working on, you know, developing No Free Rides productions. Uh, we call it No Free Rides because, you know, we want everybody that's a part of our company to work, you know, put forth 100% effort, 100%, you know, drive, commitment, passion. And we don't want any freeloaders, you know, just mm-hmm. like in school, you wouldn't want people in your group that wouldn't put in their work on a group project. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the same way. So exactly. me and Brandon have kind of gathered a, um, like a collection of creatives that we know you know, Gerard, a couple other people that we know from Frostburg, you know, just kind of getting their input. Um, you know, we got a couple of good script ideas that we've been developing and working on. So, you know, just really trying to get these things off the ground and just, you know, making it not just a dream, but a reality. That's what's up. That's nice. That's nice. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? About what? Like the scripts uh, like, and things? Like the screenwriting and like... What you guys are trying to turn your wait, sorry. Into. But first, let's take it. Let's take it back a little bit. What made y'all want to get into theater in the first place? Because I know yeah. the the stereotype out there is like, oh, you're majoring in theater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, was not a popular decision in my household. Um, <laughs> but um, when I thought of theater, I thought of more communication based. Um, and I think a lot of people don't look at it that way. So um, for me, I've always been kind of like outgoing, but I wasn't um, the best public speaker. I wasn't always the best um, socially interactive person. Um, but I've always had this love uh, and affinity for like um, portraying other people and, you know, that form of escapism, you know, movies, uh, TV. Yeah. And, um, when I had the opportunity to go to school, I always knew that, like, oh, I was going to do, like, business or mass com or something like that. And then the moment I stepped on campus, I was like, you know what? Um, I think at some point we stop allowing ourselves to uh, to be imaginative. Um, and I just went out on a limb and said, I'm going to do theater. Um, and then 
when I joined, uh, it really showed me a lot about myself. It helped me discover parts of myself that I didn't really know um, or was willing to like suppress to feed into, you know, today's societal uh, standard. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, it just kind of like now, I think I have a better hand on the world because when you do do theater, um, I can't believe I just said that. But when you do when you do it, um, you get to see through the lens of so many different people. You get to see through the lens and understand of all the different things that people try to suppress. Yeah. Um, so I just thought it's like the best thing in the world to do because a lot of other majors don't really allow you. It's one purview. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's, um, you know, and it's just a hell of a lot of fun to just go on stage and perform for, for people because, you know, people don't, society's just so tight. So to be able to just let loose and be somebody else for a change yeah. um, is like amazing. Mm-hmm. What What are some of your like influences like growing up like because you know, with the, for theater there's a lot of different avenues you could go to and do so like what, what are some of your influences um, in terms of like people yeah people yeah um, so growing up I was always like uh, really into um, Spike Lee Sp- okay. Um, okay I was really into um, like Christopher Nolan people who tell stories that are thematic okay um, rather than uh you know, just popcorn flicks or things like that. Okay. So I've always kind of been like the reality grounded base um, creative. Okay. Um, but I, I also do like you know uh, stories that um, can find a way, like Jordan Peele. You know, who okay. can find yeah. a way to genre bend and also tell something you know okay. um, real within that. Okay. So a lot of your influences comes from behind the camera. Cause like everyone sees like what like what goes on the screen or what's like on stage, but no one sees like kind of like like an iceberg. Like they see every, like the little piece on top. They don't see everything else at the bottom that kind of made everything at the top what it is. You know. Yeah. 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 So okay, that's dope, man. Uh, any actors or anything that? I mean, I can run that list down all the way. There's <laughs> <laughs> like a, a good three or top um, three. Top three. Dead or alive. Yeah. Dead or alive. Um probably Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Mm. Good underrated actor, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um Daniel Day Lewis. Mm. Uh and shout out to my man Joaquin. Mm. Uh Denzel, obviously. Of course. And uh Michael B. Jordan, Michael probably. B. Jordan, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's killing yeah. it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Killing it. That's crazy. But um, yeah, to sort of piggyback off of Brandon's story, um, I always knew that I wanted to act in some way. Like yeah. even since I was little, like I like telling this story how I used to like love watching the Kids Choice Awards when I was a kid. And like I used to see all these celebrities getting slimed and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah. I can't sing. <laughs> I was like, I can't sing, I can't dance, so I figure I, I you know, I can get slimed if I act. So well, there you go. Well, yeah, yeah. Aaron Carter, you know. Hey. 
But yeah, like it just started like real early. And um, unfortunately in Baltimore, a lot of the schools really don't have theater or like a place to really express yourself or at least the school that I went to didn't. Not even Micah? Um, oh, well, like, like, like you know, like, like high yeah, school, yeah. School, well, yeah. like yeah. we have like Baltimore School for the Arts and you yeah. know things like that. Yeah, but Jada like Pinky Smith go there. Yeah, yeah Jada okay. and Tupac. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like other than those schools that are like specifically designed for like actors and performers and like regular high schools, there really isn't that many you know avenues to explore that. So hmm. one thing I used to do, we would be in English class and we read like Raisin in the Sun or Of Mice and Men, for example. And we do, like, little popcorn readings. So when it comes to me, you know, I might, you know, do a little voice like this or, oh. you know, do, like, a little female voice, whatever. And I used to hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a slow reader, I'd be like, uh. Yeah, and they're sitting there waiting for you to, um, your turn to be over, and then the next person takes you to the next level. Yeah, yeah. and everyone's just looking at you like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm like, sorry, I have an impediment. Like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was the guy that made other people yeah. look bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just you just using that and just meeting up with a couple other people. And then when I really came to Frostburg, I wanted to be more of a film actor because I wasn't really too familiar with like plays and theater and stuff. But, you know, Frostburg really doesn't have like a film major as far as like acting is concerned. Yeah. It's more as like behind the camera and things mm-hmm. like that. So I just figured that I'd do theater. Uh, I had no experience. Um and when I auditioned, they actually told me, no, like, you can't wow. be on the acting track because oh. mm-hmm. I was just too green. Like, I literally had no experience um, on stage. Uh, see, that's the worst when they when you go to school and they're trying to build you up. But they yeah. They cut you down. I can't yeah. stand yeah. professors but, and just stuff like that. Yeah, because I didn't know at the time that, like, everybody that was in the acting track, like, especially, like, in the class that I went Everyone had like auditioned before they got to the school. So oh, yeah. when they got to Frostburg, they already knew, okay, I'm going to be an acting track major. But, but when I got there, you know, I was just like, well, okay, well, I want to act and I want to do theater. So, yeah. but I didn't know yeah. that there were auditions like the previous semester. Yeah. So I went and I auditioned for this play called The Piano Lesson. But I did a monologue from like the father character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they said it was good, but the role was just too old for me. So just based off of certain things like that, it was like, you know, we're going to keep you in the program. We're going to, you know, build you up a little bit. You know, I did like some extra roles and some plays that year. Um, Romeo and Juliet, Choose yeah, Your Ending yeah. was one. And, you know, just kind of get my feet wet. And then when I auditioned the next semester to officially get in the program, you know, I got it. So right. that was nice. Right. That's, that's wild cool. to me, though. Because, like, you know, like being like a freshman, you coming into college, you like, Oh, I just want to do this, so I'm gonna I'm go there. Yeah, and then yeah. it was just like it was a whole thing that you didn't even know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically, you think they yeah. were like advertised that, but it's, apparently yeah. it's don't. like no. being it's like saying, oh, my major is gonna be like science, and then yeah. you get there and they be like, all right, do this dissection real quick, and if you fail, it's like, <laughs> all right, well, and you know, like that's actually kind of similar to my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, I went to uh, preview, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing business. So the mm-hmm. entire time I was. I'm going to do business. And then yeah. I got to school. It was time to pick the classes. And I was like, I want to change my major. Can I do that? And they were <laughs> like, why not? So they were like, what do you want to do? And uh, I had seen Marzi in the hallway. Oh, okay. Marzi, yeah. one of our professors in the One of our program. professors. Oh, yeah. She directs. And um, she was like, you just look very animated. And I was like, 
I was like, thank you. So um, I just remembered that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do theater. Mm. They were like, you don't, say, you don't seem too sure. And I was like, uh, you know, we'll see. And I was like, I want to do it. So I picked all these classes and um, they assigned me the little, um, what is it? Uh, um, you pick your, I can't remember what it's called. Like the intro class, you mean? Yeah, your intro class. Um, and you're then, talking about, uh, God, what is that called? It's like right on the tip of my tongue, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's like, like your little focus group. So if you want to be in, or at least when I went, it, it was like you picked. Um, like picking your focus? No, it was like they put you yeah. based on your interest. They put you in a group, like a like a learn a learning community. That's what it was. They put you oh. in a learning community, and they put me in the theater learning community. But I didn't know anybody. I hadn't auditioned prior, so when I walked in the class, I was just like, um, "I want to do theater." Because they were like, "Say something about you know about yourself and what you want, <laughs> <laughs> where you want to be, where you want to be at the end of the year." I was like, uh, "I want to do." theater like, and, and everyone, everyone just like looked at me just like real silent and I was like uh I'm embarrassed now <laughs> so um then you know they had auditions and I was like wait auditions when uh when it when is that and they were like you don't know it's tomorrow Ooh. I was like uh I don't know anything about it. so you know then it was like I had to go through and I, I auditioned and I didn't get in um because they said that like I was just really unprepared, which I was because obviously it was the next day. Yeah. So I oh, ended up really just switched. Yeah, like I just did, I did the only monologue I knew off mm. the pretty much the top of my head, which was uh, you know, why doesn't he why don't you want me from Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Mm. And uh they were like, You do realize this is a theater program, not a T V or film program. That's like, the fact that every black male was um so then, like, you know, just I ended up getting six. I, you know, took some time off uh, from school and everything. And then I came back the next semester and I auditioned and I got, ended up getting into the program. Um, and then, you know, everything just kind of like skyrocketed from there. Yeah. Um, and then I met Will. Yeah. Mm, like the, that next semester. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dang. Like, the, the thing is with our program is like, Usually in a year, we'll do like maybe four to five shows, and for each show, they have auditions. Yeah. And, you know, usually when you're just a freshman starting out, your chances of getting into the show are pretty slim because the faculty had a like a habit of, you know, casting people that were more, you know, experienced and that they knew. Yeah. You know, and, you know, sometimes they've even picked plays specifically because they knew who was in their department and things like that. So, you know, that's... That's just kind of one of the things I really had to like overcome because I had no experience auditioning at all. So I really had to like learn from each audition as far as like, you know, how can I get better? How can I improve? And, you know, Marisi and Nicole, you know, a couple other professors in the theater program were good about that. But, you know, it was just it was still a bit of a struggle. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a friend of mine in the department, um, we used to joke about how the theater program was more like the NBA. So it was like you have the NBA and then you have the G League. So when you first come into school and then, you know, you get into the department, it's like they don't even, you know, you do your little audition. That's like your summer league. It's like, okay, he's got talent. But 
you know, we'll let, let's let them develop for a year. Right. So yeah. you put them in the G League. Yeah. Put them in the G League. So then, you know, yeah. then they work behind the scenes. You know, you do like uh, deck crew or lighting yeah. crew or whatever. That's what I did. Yeah. And then, you you know, you see how the shows are done and you get to like analyze performances from behind, behind the scenes and then you get to watch the show beforehand. Um, so then the next year, you it's like all right you know you develop for a year in the in the G League let's see what you can do in the NBA and uh, then you know most of the time people just hit right off the bat mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of like how Will was mm-hmm. um, luckily for me um, the first show I auditioned for I got into I got cast and then um, after that I went a whole year uh, like the rest of the year without being in anything um, and I got really discouraged I was like man damn like. You know, you, you do this show and you had the best time and then it's like you audition again and again and again and again and you're like, am I not good enough? You know, and I think that's the thing with the theater department mm-hmm. and like trying to navigate uh, self-confidence because once you get into the department, you're like, I should be fine. I should be good. Like I should be in so, show after show after show because I mean, I'm good enough to be in the department. Why am I not good enough to get cast? And then, you know, you have to just like, I think it's like humbling. It's a humbling experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like the next year after that, it was just bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Beat yeah. you down to build you up, type thing. Yeah, yeah. It, like Basically, yeah. really. Because uh, I mean, you obviously go through periods of like, I really want to be in this show. I really want to be in this show. Understandable. And yeah. uh, I think for me, it was realizing you have to pick your roles carefully and that all uh, oftentimes the role will pick you rather than you picking the role see that's an interesting way to think about it yeah, yeah. like you know uh, we did Romeo and Juliet choose your own ending and like I didn't want to play the part that was obviously me <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. it was you know just over the top dramatic you know really animated and I was like oh, I want to do something different I don't want to mm-hmm. do that and then people were like dude that's you. And when I you know, when I did I was like, damn, that really is me. So um you know, and then there were parts that like, you know, I had to challenge myself and say, you know, like I played Tom Robinson from To Kill a Mockingbird and I was like, I don't know if that's me. And then I just had to like look within myself and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna separate myself. I'm not gonna go out to as many parties, I'm not gonna you know, I'm gonna kinda cut back on the social life. And if this is really what I wanna do, then I need to like commit to it. And then I ended up getting that part. And that, like, completely changed my outlook uh, on, like, life, my outlook on, like, what it is to be a black man, you know, just a lot of things. And then, that, like, after that, I never took another role for granted. Because um, that was a really heavy role. Yeah, it was. Like, me like, just sitting, like, I don't know, what did I do? I was, a, like, a choir member. So during the trial, just, like, watching you go through that and then just trying to like I'm trying to put myself in your shoes I'm like I would have gone crazy yeah (laughs) it was just it was taxing man just like the scene like how how well you did it and just trying to like comprehend how to do that I was just like uh, that's why no I can't Uh, I can't do that yeah but you killed it thank you I appreciate that um that show was really like emotionally draining uh draining um and that was probably, I don't know if you all have heard, like, of the method acting kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't think I went full-on method acting, but there were, like, different bits and pieces of, you know, like, um, it was a lot of 
this coin that we had on set was like I commemorated that coin to my daughter giving me that coin the like as I'm being dragged away to prison. Oh, I guess. So like you know like whenever I had that coin on me, it instantly garnered an emotional reaction. Um, and then uh, our director uh, separated, told me uh, that there were going to be things that were going to happen to me, like within rehearsal, that uh, she wanted to warn me about. So there, we had a rule where nobody, uh, nobody black or white who didn't say uh, the N-word uh, in the script could not say it in rehearsal. So we had a white character who did say the N-word, and she had instructed him to, within the, only in within the rehearsal space, I want you to, this is Bob Yule, I want you to go up to Brandon anytime you see him and, like, push him or, you know, like, whisper something hateful to him. So within the rehearsal process, I'm just, you know, minding my own business, and then this actor would come up and be like, hey, you know, hey, nigger, you know, or... You know, something like that, right. and it's like yeah, it sounds yeah. crazy, but it, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Right. Michael B. Jordan was saying that he had to go to therapy after doing um Killmonger. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he what said he's Killmonger. Yeah. Um, Black Panther. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. I'm just, like, I'm just sitting here thinking like, like, let's say like you and uh Bob you or whoever was the actor doing that at the time was like y'all were cool like afterwards, but like, like doing that the whole time like, like that was somewhat like, like. Put, like put a, put a stigma towards him like I would hate that guy even even like after the plow you like I just like I, I like I have to like see you with the hands or something yeah that's why I don't want to I want to know like yeah yeah and and actually at the time um we were really good friends yeah um so there's that level of of trust um that you have to have actor to actor yeah is it trust or is it animosity uh I'd say that it, it, you know, it's trust that that he wouldn't take it too far. Yeah. Um, because as you know, realizing boundaries of like white and black. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that like we are telling a story where that is reality. So if we're gonna tell it, we need to tell it right, and we need to tell it honestly. Yeah. Um, but there there was always this gray area of never wanting to cross into the territory of. Um, doing too much yeah. and you know like overusing the circumstance that you were given right. um, because it is a privilege to play that part so you should be you know share that yeah. same um, respect to that character yeah, respect yeah. and boundaries yeah, yeah. Um, but I definitely did have my moments of like yeah, yeah <laughs> like I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that, that would have um, drove me nuts but yeah. We ended up, uh, you were there, so you probably know, like, we, Hamilton was, like, really big. It had literally just come out at that time. And uh, Austin and I, um, that was the actor who played Bob Yule, beforehand to kind of warm up, we would always do uh, the cabinet battle. So we would, like, rap, and then afterwards we'd give each other, like, a big hug before. You know, <laughs> we right. kind of, like... Like, cool down. Yeah, had to go into that moment. Yeah. Um, and then I would just literally, like, walk away <laughs> from everybody. And I just isolate myself until it was time for me to come on. So I felt that isolation that Tom felt. Right. Just That's the image of him like hugging you and then be like, "Nigger." So it's like, we really, do. Yeah, I know who it, I know who Austin is. So it's like weird. Things all that. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was a pretty rough, uh, <laughs> rough experience. But you know, it changed it pretty much changed everything for me in terms of like development as an actor. That's the thing, though. It's like a lot of the plays and the shows that we do like can be emotionally taxing on us, mm-hmm. and like not even just the show itself, but like when you go audition for these plays and you get in these plays. These are like months and months of rehearsals mm-hmm. and long nights and things like that. So, you know, we're literally battling, like, you know, schoolwork, you know, rehearsal schedules, like, you know, meetings, organizations and things like that. Like, they would tell people in our department, like, you can't join a Greek organization because you won't have the time yeah. To, yeah. to do that and, you know, be in place. And I mean, some people did it, you know. You know, we got a couple of friends that, you know, still pledged, but, you know, still did shows and whatnot. But, like, just just those long nights. Like, and for example, um, during a rehearsal would be this thing called Q to Q. So, basically, the rehearsal would be, like, all day, like, literally from, like, 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, you know, lunch and dinner breaks and things like that, but you're literally just sitting there all day. Yeah. And most of the time, if you're an actor, you know, you're just sitting on the stage, just going slow by slow, you know, waiting for the design team to do things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, even looking back, like, I appreciate my time in Frostburg. Like, I love doing theater. I wouldn't have had another major. But at the same time, just knowing that the time that I spent being in these plays could have been time that I spent, you know, meeting more people or getting more involved on campus like there's like a whole bunch of things I didn't get to do you know you you know know? it's funny though for me like my freshman year uh I tried out like I I was kind of part of the track team indoor track and I tried it because I loved track back in high school I loved it I was good at it I was you know happy but then I realized that like track was like pretty much pretty taxing as much as like theater right Mm -hmm. so i was like you know what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna focus my time on you know my friends and having fun and whatnot uh turns out that led to two f's uh freshman year (laughs) 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 so so i decided to like you know i didn't want to be part of like any big organization or group so i think the only Real group was what michaela's uh oh yeah sustainability awareness society um, marketing group, right? Yeah, but that, like that was later <laughs> on. But okay. uh, but uh, I think when it came to theater, I didn't mind that. So like though my at least the first two shows I remember working on were Frog and Toad and uh, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet behind the scenes and just like <laughs> just being there like and seeing y'all's cue to cues like was rough and having to do like because I, I know for especially for Romeo and Juliet having to do like the lights or no yeah the lights and all that and I was like. Uh, I hate this board but even though that took a lot of time like even away from from y'all I still enjoyed it because I I, I enjoyed y'all I think that's the difference yeah. between like that and track and I enjoyed what I was doing whether it's like on stage later on like my last year or uh, behind the scenes it was it's just a very enjoyable experience yeah so um, and that makes yeah. all the difference too if you can actually enjoy something even if it takes like a long time yeah yeah. Like yeah. yeah yeah absolutely like I could totally get the whole um large organization thing you guys brought up like um I was gonna pledge Kappa for a minute 
but then I was realizing that marching band was um, something that I was really interested in. Mm-hmm. So because I did it four years in high school, and I just wanted to like keep the pace going. Yeah. But um, you know, it's just after a while you realize what's more important to you. You prioritize. So yeah. Yeah. Eventually, I left and just like hang out with these guys. And I met you else. at a, a frat party. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which street? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are moving on. Get out of my house, man. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Brothers, what was it? Brothers sitting around hitting people up for money, and I'm like, dude, there's a back door. Like, why am I gonna pay you just to get yeah. into the house that I know nobody's in? Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> oh man, man, these are driving me crazy with that. Yeah, yeah. bounce with like six two and got three hundred pounds on you, and you're just like what? Yeah, they just <laughs> did, they, did, they, did they try to kick you out? Oh yeah, of course they try to kick me out. They kicked me out like five times. Like Peter, get the out of my house, man. Get out, get out. <laughs> they hated you. Yeah. Hell, we knew one of the brothers, and we still had problems getting. Yeah. Yeah. So one, yeah. of the, one of the brothers is like our is like our brother. Yeah, and he'd be like, "Hey, uh, you know, it's like ten dollars again." I'm like, it's like "Come what? on, bro. Like, like, you mean? I come over inside. here and play two K, man, and all that it's stuff like, with you. Like we're friends. Monday through, <laughs> Monday through <laughs> Wednesday <laughs> on the weekend, and then now Thursday, Friday, you trying brand new. Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and he come outside and talks about, "Come on, yo, they my man." Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 Standing at the door calling like uh can you come down? They not trying to let us in. Right. <laughs> there was this one dude, uh Damo. Mm-hmm. He oh, was skinny down. as um <laughs> he could just slither himself in like <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he was, like he could never get kicked out of a party. Yeah. He could just slither in. He was, was cool he was, he was called everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew Damo, you got in. Yeah. <laughs> but um but What's funny is that, like, listen to y'all stories, it kind of made me think about how everyone comes from different backgrounds. You know, we're, we're on this, like, everyone's on stage doing the same thing, right? But I always think about kind of the, the moment, like, everything up until that point, you know, like, let's say, like, we're all three on stage, but, you know, we all came to theater different ways. Like, right. I know for me, um, I had no prior experience in theater. I love, like acting and doing different voices and whatnot. And this is like even going back to high school. Um, I think my, my only real experience on stage was this, <clears throat> this show called uh, Rock and Roll Revival um, uh, back at Sherwood High. And Sion was in that show for all four of his years. So like, he, he, knows, <laughs> he knows it, he knows it. So recurring role. <laughs> but I, like, I, I didn't think I could sing. So um, it wasn't until like my, my <laughs> this man is tapping your honor. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like I was a trash singer up until maybe my senior year. And then I finally auditioned, you know, I came like left, got like, you know, got my dress shirt on, you know, oh, cologne so up. What, Joe? And then, <laughs> huh? What you Joe now? <laughs> I want it. No. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so I remember uh, went to the show and. I told him I was sing, singing The Way You Look Tonight by Frank Sinatra. And as soon as I started singing, like, the the head of the show, his, eye, his eyes were just like, what? And looked at other dude like, what? And so then, long story short, got in the show, was part of, like, the like the Motown crew with uh-huh. Sion and a couple other of our, uh, our boys. And um, that kind of boosted my confidence. But then when it came to school, I still had this... The stigma with theater that oh you know all the theaters kind of like 
filled with drama and everyone there is very eccentric and <laughs> and all that whatnot. Yeah, you like like you see in pop culture, like yeah, some like Glee stuff. Or Glee or yeah. yeah, and so yeah, um, I remember <laughs> it was like the fall of my sophomore year. What was that? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, uh, and I took um, what's the first theater class? I can't remember. Was it intro to theatrical vision? No, it's like intro to acting or something like that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't acting. But it was, I think it was theatrical vision, but okay. I took it with uh, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian, he's one of the nicest dudes out there. Yeah, he like, is. I think he's, he's the reason why I, I was like even with y'all in the shows, just because, you know, they had the, the, the thing where, oh, if you'd like to work, you know, behind the stage or whatnot and um, help out, you know, add, talk to me. So I did end up working on Frog and Toad and then like being back there with like Hop Tamu and Kyrie just the ninja crew yeah the ninja crew we were all yeah. black and whatnot <laughs> and just you know just being ridiculous and I think at that point I was like yo this is pretty dope like I really love doing this so um then I helped out with uh, Romeo and Juliet and then the other like the next two shows were uh To Kill a Mockingbird and um why am I blanking Father Comes Home Oh man, that was my favorite. Yeah, Father Comes Home. Yeah, and I think it was incredible. I think like I never, I think I auditioned for uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, um, but I ended up just being like a choir member. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'm still on stage, cool. Uh, but actually, for Father, Nicole had actually asked me if I wanted to help out with the show. Yeah, just with like playing guitar and whatnot. So I did. So Grant and I, you know, we played guitar and whatnot. But then I, I, I think. When it came to uh, Radio Christmas, that, man, <laughs> that that <laughs> that one like just the whole experience from beginning to end. I really felt I felt like one of y'all for real, for real. You were, man. Like, like, and and that's the thing um, is that when you look at it from the outside, um, like especially how pop culture. Uh, builds you know the theater world it's very clickish yeah and like you know in some respect in any field or any major it's gonna be like that you know you're gonna have certain people who hang out with certain people and don't really you know open up to everybody mm-hmm. um but we like in the theater department always tried to make it feel like a family going from show to show to show to show um because without if there's one bad apple then it's gonna ruin the whole thing yeah. So, um, even from like when you did Frog and Toad, because uh, that was one that I like assistant directed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Nicole and I would just like laugh and we'd be like, "Look at Gerard! Like, look at this dude! <laughs> like, <laughs> look at the!" And we always would say that with like new people, because you have some people who are just kind of like to the side, like I don't really, I don't really want to be here. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then you have some people who just like fully immerse themselves. And um, we're like, "Look at Gerard! Like, look at Kyrie! Look at Hubtamu!" Um, and then we started calling like them the Ninja Crew. We we're like, look at the Ninja Crew, and then it just kind of picked itself up. Like they would end the show. Like you guys started like doing different things, like act, like le- legitimately acting. Um, and so like from that moment on, and then you know when you did uh, Romeo and Juliet because we were doing that one at the same time. Yeah. Um, you were on that uh, as well, and then I was just like, this dude um, is like really getting involved. So then. At that point, I was like, okay, at least for me personally, like I'm can like Gerard is gonna be a, is a part of the theater family. So like any show you did or any time, like we would see you, 
uh, we'd be like, Gerard, like, you gonna audition? You gonna do this? You gonna do that? And he's like, oh, you know, thinking about it. <laughs> and we like, legit, like, we legit would try and convince Gerard to uh, to be a part of the show. And then when you did Father, um, or when you did Mockingbird, I think that's when we really got close. Yeah. And then because I I had known of, like I had known of you, especially like freshman year, because you lived in Allen. Yeah. And I lived in Sowers, and so like. Like we were like we would see each other all the time, and you be with your crew, I'd be with mine. So we'd always see each other, but we never really like knew each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when we got close to our Mockingbird, like that was you know really special. And then Father, I think that show brought everybody together because mm-hmm. at that time politically it was mm-hmm. something that we needed. Yeah. Uh, and you know we went through a debacle with the costumes where like the renderings made black people like us black actors look like monkeys yeah. on, the, on the, in the original uh costume renderings that were hanging in the costume shop yeah yeah and you know wow. we you know like me personally the costume designer came in and like ripped my costume like off of me you know and like ripped it down to the point where like i felt like yo i'm not going out here Looking to perform like looking like this yeah, like yeah. you need a new costume i was mm, sat down and I like we, we, i was wearing <laughs> yeah. like a like almost like a, <laughs> i was almost wearing like a skirt Yo, you know what wow. I mean? and then like so I, I, yeah like a tunic oh my God, and i bro. sat down and like one of the notes i got like after we did the run was like brandon do you think you could sit with your legs like closed yeah, I'm like, so y'all can see everything. Y'all can see everything. You know, and it's like, oh uh, yeah, we, we 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 saw everything. And I'm like, dog, I'm like, I'm I'm done. I'm done with this. Um, but like that whole show, you know, kind of brought us all together because we all went through like our own individual mm-hmm. things. And then World War II uh, was really special because we really got to see you like perform. Oh, um, that was the most. I li- I literally just felt like I got to be myself. Yeah, I think that's I just I just channeled my inner like Geronimo. That's my alter ego, by yeah. the way. <laughs> so I just got to like finally channel him and like doing the foley and all the sounds with uh with um Shazeb and yeah, that that was that was incredible. Yeah, we thought you were gonna get nominated for Iron Ryan and Irene Ryan. Yeah, yeah, we were what? really pushing for you to get nominated. The Irene Ryan for you know people that don't know, it's like so each year they have like a theater festival up. Uh, and like I think the campus changed like every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But basically, they pick a show that is like selected for Irene Ryan, okay. and then from that show, they pick two actors and then an alternate if one of the actors can't do it for like an Irene Ryan acting nomination. So they would take the nomination and go to the festival, and all the people like compete in this big competition. So it's like a really you know it's a really nice honor you know. Yeah. And Gerard did so well on the show. We were really campaigning for him to get the nomination, like, because yeah. on top of the acting, he was also doing like the foley work, like all the extra work, like you know he was funny, you know, yeah. dramatic in moments, like, yeah, yeah. You should see his face right now. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, really, I'm, 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 I'm surprised you didn't know. This is my first time ever hearing about this award. I had never heard about it. You yeah. never heard about that. I had right? never yeah. heard about it. Wow. Because yeah. I think from like from that show I won I won a nomination me and Jasmine, I think. Yeah, you and Jasmine and then Carl got the The alternate. alternate. Yeah. That's dope. But yeah. Yeah. So we How's it pronounced again? The Irene Ryan. 
the Irene. Irene. Ryan. Yeah, Irene. Oh, Irene. 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 Uh, yeah, because it's a show I'm watching on Netflix, um, which is Thieves of the Woods. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. Um, anyway, one of the bad guys' name there, he's like this like syndicate guy. I'm sorry, I'm off topic. But <laughs> oh boy, his name is um, The Iron. You know, that's just his name in like this 16th century mm-hmm. Brussels kind of war like, you know, experience. It's just super awesome because that's like, I haven't heard that name in a while. You yeah. Know? Yes. Because he's tough and he's hard and okay, I'm gonna stop talking. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We need one every episode. Uh, it was coming. Yeah. Uh, Pause again. Pause. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I know. I know you had a question. Um. About you know. Tell us a little bit about your production company. Oh yes, yeah, that's yes. why. About uh, no, <laughs> no free no free rides, right? Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit more. So. It kind of started as a joke um, between Will and I. Um, so, I don't know, should I put his name out there? Who? I'll put his name out there. I can, <laughs> I can just leave it out later if y'all don't so, want to. Uh, yeah, I, I, matter of fact, it's, yeah, it's, it's best that we don't. Um, but um, I had written a screenplay um, that had gained some traction. Um <gasps> Yeah, and it's now, you know, like, uh, I have some producers attached, and uh, I have a director that I'm really, really proud of who's done some really good work within the past year, um, who's also attached to direct. Um, And uh, Will and I were talking about it, and uh, there's this person who is like, uh, was like, oh, my goodness, like, I need to know everything, you know, and I'm like, dude, I can't really talk about it. It's not announced yet. Um, and it was like, you know, can you do this? Can you do that for me? Can you reach out to your manager? Can you do this? Can you do that? And like, Will and I had a conversation and we were just like, dude, like this year, we're not gonna let, like, it's no free rides. Nobody is going to ride off of the backs and the work that we have put in for countless months, years days, hours, however many, you know, Mm -hmm. intervals of time you want to consider, we're not going to allow people to do that unless they are going to match the same effort, energy that we are, that we're giving out. And so, you know, between Will and I, we were just like, no free ride productions. (laughs) (laughs) And we were were like, actually kind of sounds pretty cool. And then uh, I think we didn't really think much of it again mm-hmm. until like a few days later and we were like you know what we should really make this a real thing like we should really make a like a company where like we create content um and you know like I had kind of like learned a lot about um you know content creation and you know meeting with people uh, you know who were development executives and things like that and I was like we could do that you know we can build a team like and and when you really think about it one person alone like there's 365 days in a year so for me it would take you know to really come up with solid characters a solid story a solid you know all around narrative and then actually write it would take me ever a bit depending on how much time I actually put into it um in terms of like you know if I'm working or if I'm going full time three to six months 
So then to do that again in a year, that's two, that's two scripts if I put in the same energy. And that's not even including if I take a day off, if I say, you know what, I'm just not mentally there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I end up taking a week, two weeks off. So we were talking about, like, how efficient would it be if we put together a, you know, a collective of people that are talented writers, talented, you know, people who have a passion for film, mm-hmm. who have an eye and an ear for good dialogue, good story, good character, and we can all, you know, put our stories together and then help each other develop them. We could put out so much content that way rather than relying on one person themselves to do it. And uh, we kind of, like, talked amongst ourselves, and then we found, uh, you know, we found a girl named Allie, who's uh, one of my writing partners, um, and she's, like, sci-fi-based and fantasy, and she's really good with dialogue and, you know, world-building. Uh, we have a guy named Alberto, uh, who's New York-based, and he's really good with, uh, with developing um, stories. Um, we have Gerard, who... Uh, you know, is a uh, master marketer and uh, logo, design. logo design and, you know, really good with voices. And we he's an actor as well. Uh, so we wanted to build a versatile team who can act, direct, you know, market, write, all of that stuff. So eventually, yeah. yeah, we cover all our bases um, and then we kind of just grow, you know, like there's so many companies that have done it, like Monkey Paul um, with, uh, you know, Jordan Peele's company him and Wynn Rosenfeld and what they've done and then Matthew Cherry who works with them who did Hair Love um, and is now nominated for the Oscar you know like they have a team of development executives who are now all doing phenomenal work in the industry and we feel like we could do the same thing Mm. yeah like we wanted to really bring together people that we knew like just from our time at Frostburg you know people that could cover all those bases and really another idea behind it was you know a lot of people have ideas, you know, a lot of people come up with ideas for movies and film and things like that. And those are great ideas, but a lot of times, you know, those things just kind of go by the wayside. You know, you think about them maybe once or for a week and then you really don't touch on them again. Uh, so we wanted to take those ideas and develop them and actually make it into like fully fledged out like projects and productions and things like that. You know, so, you know, we have what maybe about 10 or 12 like good really fleshed out ideas right now and some are more you know fleshed out than others right now but Mm -hmm. you know just you know really developing everything and just you know hammering home everything and just you know assigning projects to people based on their strength you know just you know really getting these things off the ground because the people that we got are way too talented you know to let something like this fail so I have full confidence and no free rides. You know, if you're a freeloader, you know, leave now. (laughs) You know, but yeah, that's 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 basically it in a nutshell. Yeah, sounds dope, man. I'm excited. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> Y'all look like me. <laughs> I don't know. Use the question guy so far. I was just I'm the question guy. The I'm yeah. the question guy. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Moderator. Y'all have any questions? I am full. Thank you guys so much. What uh, what TV shows are y'all interested in like, growing up that kind of like sparked the creativity or like your anime or you being animated because you, Brandon, were talking about being animated. Like what type of shows did you watch? Um... 
So growing up, I was always the uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air kid. You know, I, if you watch that second episode, you miss the school bus. Uh, oftentimes, I miss the school bus okay. um, <laughs> because I just uh, uh, kids at my school used to call me Carlton um, <laughs> because I was, <laughs> you know, I was just like the the dancer guy. Like I would just, you know, just do whatever, and um, you know, I. You know, my family in in our area would be considered, you know, more affluent. And I didn't really know how to fit in with the crowd at school, okay. um, which is something that, like, we're actually currently writing about. Um, mm-hmm. But that show, uh, Martin. Good one. Um, <laughs> Sanford and Son. Mm-hmm. Um, sound good. A different world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Low key oh, classic. Yeah. Underrated classic. That's underrated yeah. classic. Yeah. Um, and Living Color. Ooh, I mean, like, loving Living Color. You know, yeah. we can really just go down the list um, mm-hmm. in terms of that. Um, growing up, like now, uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Um, this is Us. Oh, I can't um, watch that. Only, I like, only because <laughs> that's so much emotion. Like, I can't. I. 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 I, I can't do it. I it's can't. Yeah, that's, week, that's week how by, I felt at first. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, week yeah. by week, it, you know. Yeah. Normally, I need that Tuesday because that's more like my uh, catharsis moment. Mm. You know, a lot of the times I let everything build up until Tuesday, and then it's what? like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> and then I'm watching, and it's just like, and release. And then like you know, it's like a fresh start. Yeah. You know, uh, Wednesday. I just let it build all the way up again, and then Tuesday, we're right back at it. So, um, hmm. but then when they go on their little fall breaks or whatever, I'm just like, please come back. <laughs> I just feel like I don't know how to release it. Um, but those are probably the shows for me. Shows. Mm-hmm. I would probably say probably about the same comedies. Uh, Everybody's Chris Ooh, was yes. definitely one of my favorites. Yes. Um, let's see. I liked a lot of In Living Color. I liked a lot of you know. Like Saturday Night Live, like even to right now, you know the jokes may not be as good, but you know I still like yeah. the sketch yeah. comedy. Eddie Murphy aspect. was on there. That was yeah, that was a good episode. That was, episode. That was so like, nostalgic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like shows like that, you know, the Chappelle Show, obviously, yeah. Key oh, and yeah. Peele, yeah. you know, good <laughs> sketch comedy like that. Um, as far as cartoons go, I watched a lot of a lot of cartoons as a kid. Um, but probably my favorite would probably be Avatar: The Last Airbender. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's a true yep. classic. That, like, that's, classic. Like, yeah, just for a Nick show, like the themes that they talked about, like immigration, like you know, like mental health, like you know, overcoming disabilities, like things like that. In a Nick show, yeah. it's like, yeah. and it's, it was way ahead of its time. Man. Yeah, like way ahead of its time. From like ten years ago, right? When yeah, ended? like fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Or it came out two thousand five. It came out two thousand five. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You only had like three seasons, but yeah. Yeah, like just like shows like that that can kind of do everything. So you like you have your funny moments. You know, we all like to laugh. We all like to joke, but also like those really dramatic, like real world moments. And especially for a show like Avatar that was on a kid's show at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Just exposing, you know, a new generation of, like, artists and, you know, musicians (laughs) and other, like, all types of people, the real world issues, in a way that they could understand was just, you know, interesting to me. Yeah. Um, Another cartoon was Codename Kids Next Door. Yeah. Ah, Which, yeah, yeah. Which was good. Um, Just... 
like I said, just giving kids the power to, you know, change their world, change yeah, their reality. Yeah. And their weapons were so, like, Maybe the imagination like, that right. goes into yeah. them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it was Maybe so dope about it. By four technology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was also other, other like, stuff, yo. Because yeah. that, like, at, at least for me, growing up, like, I will, for 10 years, I want, I want to be an engineer. Like, even in Frostfire, I was, like, on the engineering track. But, like, growing up, I would make stuff by hand. Just, mm-hmm. like, just trying to make stuff or just, like, probably stuff because it shows, like, Kids Next Door, where kids had the power, man. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Um, off the top of my head, those are probably the only two cartoons that I can think of. But, you know, just the shows that are on now, like, there's obviously so many, like... Uh, Mad Men, uh, This Is Us, Breaking Bad, yeah, um, Big Mouth. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, it was Dude, like uh, Mad Men, This Is Us, Big Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> do season three, just saying. <laughs> it's a bit too much, yeah, yeah, but yeah, just just things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, movies. You know, growing up as a kid and just watching a whole bunch of different content and things, and just you mm-hmm. know, taking it all in. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah. guys. Nice, nice. Yeah, Chris, you got a question? I did, but Avery asked it already. Oh, okay. I got one last question. Go ahead. But um, do you feel like now, the day and age we're living in, that like you have to box in your creativity, you have to like watch what you do and say, because now society's a little different, and mm-hmm. they can really. We have, you know, cancel culture and, yeah. hey, we don't support this. And you can't say this, but you can say that. Like, do you feel like that when you're That's creating? A question. Y- yeah. Um, I actually kind of went on a tenor- Twitter rant about this not too long ago. <laughs> um, you know, like, I, me personally, I think that cancel culture is, uh, is, how do I say this without wanting to get canceled myself. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of like absurd because when you think about it, like art reflects reality. And if we live in reality, we also have to understand that there are, everyone goes through points where, you know, we may do things that may not be the most revered. And uh, not uh, acknowledging or uh, embracing the art that people brought to the world that might have helped you at one point and then to say I won't you know uh, acknowledge, it. acknowledge it or embrace it again is like th- that doesn't make sense to me because for me personally uh, you know Michael Jackson's music is like top tier yeah how no. can we at you know at one point sorry to cut you off um, how can we say, oh, I'm not going to listen to Michael Jackson's music anymore solely based off of what was... Like, he went to court, he went through the entire process, and, you know, we don't really know what happened, and I don't think we'll ever really know what happened. Probably never know. Yeah, but, between God. You know, and, like, and that, that, to me, that's really what it comes down to. Who are we to, like, who are we to cast someone in and, or, you know, to heaven or hell? You know, like... It's not my job to say, well, you know, I can say, well, I don't really like what he did. But if Butterfly comes on, I can promise you, I can promise you, I'm going to sing Butterfly. You know, and and like, I think that's the thing, you know, a lot of people 
try to push their narrative on you. Yeah. So then yeah. trying like if you listen to an R. Kelly song, you know, and and then like that's the thing is like I get it, you know, and yeah, I get I don't I shouldn't be putting money into this person's pocket based off of the behavior that they exhibited, but if. You know, like in in a world where like accusations and allegations are so openly uh, accepted before they ever see their day in court, I think it's just like how do you tread the line of is this true or is this false? Especially with like I was having this conversation with my dad, like this whole Antonio Brown thing. The moment that he was, you know, uh, oh well, you know, he sexually assaulted me. He got kicked off. You know, he was released from the Patriots. And then we they said that they were going to do an investigation. We never heard anything else about it. It's like people can say anything in today's society and TMZ will pick it up. Any, somebody can say anything and Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, or CNN, or ABC News is going to pick it up. And then it's fact. It's not, you know, uh, an allegation or anything. It's, it's just fact. And... Um, you know, until somebody's proven guilty, then I just kind of like, all right, I'm not going to, you know, I won't cancel that person. But, like, now I can't watch anything Ke- Kevin Spacey does because, to me, it seems like you're you're killing these people off to try and cover your own tracks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. you you were found, like, somebody said that, you know, you sexually assaulted them. And then now, not one, not two, but three people have now either died or are now, you know, really sick. Or now afraid to testify against you. Yeah. Something's a little wrong there, so now I can distance myself. Um, but do I? Uh, sorry, that was my little. Yeah, no, I was no, just no, asking like, how it's a free space here. So do what yeah. you want to. Um, how that affects like your creativity? creativity. Do you do feel like, eh, let me not do this because this crowd is gonna attack me. Like you know what happened with Kevin Hart. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he said something years ago, and they've made him apologize, but. This was years ago. It's not how he feels now. Do you feel yeah. like you stay away from certain things to talk about because you don't want that to backlash? To Thank you. Yeah. Well, to kind of piggyback off of that, and that was a, a good pivot, um, the thing that... First, I'm going to answer your question. Okay. No, I don't feel like I'm boxed in because I feel like with the way social media and technology is now, there may be a big group of people that may not like what you're doing. So right. if we were to develop like a movie about like the Catholic Church or whatever, yeah. obviously, you know, the Catholic Church would not like <laughs> that. But other people, you know, yeah. would reach out and support and things like yeah. that. So as far as boxing creativity, personally, I don't think so. Okay. I think if you make something good enough mm-hmm. to where, you know, people will start talking about it and things like that, like the cream rises to the top. You know, in a sense. And people, you know, no matter, like, I could make a movie about the simplest thing ever and people are going to have something to say about it. So it's like... It could be anything. Yeah. So I think trying to limit ourselves in the things that we could create based off of that would be, you know, would be kind of stupid. Okay. But to kind of go off on a tangent and to bring it back to cancel culture, um, this whole idea of digging up tweets from like years and years and years ago mm-hmm. like the thing that happened with I think Brother Nature I think yeah. where mm-hmm. you know it's like it comes to a point where it's like are you really trying to expose these people or are you really just trying to like tear them down you know and it's like you know 
14, like, when we first start using Twitter and the internet and things, I mean, Trolls. it was You're the wild west. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it was literally, literally like the wild west. Like, people said anything. You know, yeah. oh my and gosh, these little sixteen-year-olds will never survive an Xbox chat room. Oh, like, oh <laughs> don't give me, oh, don't get me started on a Call of Duty chat room, bro. <laughs> You'll say anything on there. Oh my goodness, I slept with your mother. <laughs> oh, like, I just, I swear, they're just going, like, they're going on Urban Dictionary and just like reading down the little <laughs> list of things that they can say. Oh, like, I'll use that one. Yeah, I'll yeah. use that one. I'll, I'll put that on my Wednesday, my Wednesday. <laughs> you know, and they're just compiling words. Yeah, but it's just like. I, it's just I just think it's damaging to the culture I was yeah. like and it just feels like any celebrity that gets to like a certain status it's like yeah. people that are like trying to tear them down to things like that and another thing about Twitter that I don't like is that like we'll get a sliver of a story on Twitter without realizing that there are two sides maybe even mm-hmm. three or more sides to this story Everything's biased. Yeah. 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 But before we hear all the sides to the story, you know, we've already, yeah, we've already created our narrative. You know, we've already, you know, well, well, like for example, if, I don't know, a rumor came out today of Barack Obama cheating or Michelle or whatever. Like, you know. They eat that a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, without really knowing like everything that happened, they would just take the headline and then just run with it. So. Yeah. 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 That's what I hate too, because it's kind of like the same with like the uh, science community too. Like, we have to like look up all these different like articles and stuff. Like, but you gotta be able to like sift out what's real and what's fake. Mm-hmm. Normal people don't do that though. Yeah. Like they'll just like they'll see an article on TMZ. That's real. That's yeah. what we know. That's all I need to know. And that's it. That's just a fact from now on. Yeah. 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 Ky- Kyrie, the world is flat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But so. Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, it's just funny that you guys bring all this up with the cancel culture and the looking at, you know, fake news, basically, with science yeah. and just everything. So, um, geopolitically speaking, we are living in an interesting time, which is um, we are in a neo-socialist revolution uh, movement. Sorry. So we see that with our senators, like um, people running for office, like Warren and Sanders, who are all about equality and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the fact that every voice is recognized now, but we don't always acknowledge um the poorest 10% always. Yeah. So yeah. that makes sense and that's why we're getting away with so much, so many things now. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it yeah. makes sense and like, you know, there are certain celebrities like, people like Harvey Weinstein and like, yeah. people like that, you know, right. obviously these are people that should Biden. be, yeah, that should be ripped <laughs> from society, you know. Yeah. But, you know, other people's like, you know, maybe let's not bring out the pitchforks quite yet, <laughs> you know, at least wait till all the facts, you know, and, that's just the dangerous thing about Twitter. It's like everyone has a voice, whether it's a yeah. celebrity or yeah. a racist kid at Frostburg who went on a long Snapchat rant, you know, yeah. that post on a... T- oh, you guys oh, didn't yeah. hear about no, that. I, 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 I did. Oh, what happened? So, um, to kind of go off a little tangent, a student that attends Frostburg right now, um, a guy posted a video of him basically saying in a Snapchat that, uh, you know, he was basically talking about black people you know he was saying how he hates you know uh black lives matter he thinks it's dumb you know he doesn't understand why black people are so lazy so nonchalant about everything like this is a current frostburg <laughs> he uh, said student. that we should forget about slavery it was over 200 yeah, we should years get ago over it because yeah. we're not because unlike the pakistanians you know we're not getting shot and killed every day so yeah. our struggle is like invalidated yeah yeah but let me like see so when you know, break. see 
Because it's just like with, with with our group, like they they be like, you know, like Peter, not all white people are like. But when you hear these stories, <laughs> man, it just makes you like, come on, like really? I don't I don't know if he was white necessarily. I think he was maybe like. I couldn't really tell what he was. He honestly looked, you know, racially ambiguous, but it was no, just like... like <laughs> it, it, it doesn't justify the... Whoa, 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 yeah. Rated G. What? I, what, what? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how far we're going with this. No, I just said rage. That's all I said. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying because we already, you know what? You know, whatever, whatever. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we, so we just went off with us this far. We are anyway. moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Please continue. Yeah, yeah continue. Um, yeah, but um, this happened maybe like a week ago. Maybe wow. not even a yeah. week. Maybe like uh, literally like three to four days. Like uh, the president commented on it on Twitter. You know, how far they'll actually go to remove the student is, you know, remains to be seen. You know, there's probably not. Yeah. You know, there's been instances in the past that, you know, kind of went under the radar and let go. But, yeah, there, there was something that happened. I mean, so, like, yeah. not, not the first. Like, when I first got up there, when I didn't know you guys, mm-hmm. uh, I went to uh, Wild Things by myself. Yeah. Which oh, I shouldn't have done. And then... This uh, truck with a Confederate flag, or black truck, black truck. Oh yeah. Hey, and what? It said the N word. That happened to me too. That happened. Really? Yeah. That happened to a lot of people. That happened to to Germ. Like when he was on his way, he was coming back from playing basketball at the gym, right? And then like the truck, I I don't I don't know if it was like black truck, but he told me like they drove by him and called him the N word. Mm -hmm. But I was like, what? I mean, I'm not like. Super, I'm not like too surprised because like it's, it's the boonies up there but like the same yeah. time I'm still like <laughs> and actually uh, when uh, the one who shall not be named was elected um, <laughs> when he was elected Agent Orange yeah when, when he was elected um, my house uh, my off campus house literally was directly across from um, the post office yeah um and when he was elected, I was having like um, almost like a breakdown because I just didn't think it was real. Yeah. Uh, and my blinds were still open, and there were three guys who were standing outside of the post office with a Confederate flag in their hand, facing our house. Um, and I had like kind of went to some of the guys in my house, and I was like, "Yo, do people know that like there's black people here?" Because that almost felt like they were intentionally, intentionally doing that yeah. because it was like from my house from my window with the light on i could clearly see them and i'm sure they could clearly see that someone was standing there and uh that was like really intimidating for me uh we had a friend who was like um we she was walking and uh, she told us that uh her friend was like well i don't know if it's if it's your friend uh, well, no, but, I, I know who you're talking about, yeah. Uh, you know, she was attacked, and, like, you know, it was just, like, people were... They threw sauces at her and her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. and it was like just, like, sauces, yeah. what, what's wrong with people? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, when he, like, right before, like, because I, like, the last election, I wasn't really thinking of voting, right? Mm-hmm. But what got me to vote was, like, all around campus, they were vandalizing buildings, right, and Trump. Yeah. yeah. Everywhere, and I was just, like... I, I gotta go vote. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't taking this this up. I gotta go vote now. And then 
when he got elected, they still kept like vandalizing. But and I'm just like, is the school gonna address this? It's like, but when like, people wrote Black Lives Matter, that was a race by the yeah. time okay. lunch yeah. was yeah. over. Yeah. And, and, and what, what was crazy was the fact that like, um, this the school, like you said, the school didn't really say anything about it. So when like students were, especially you know people of color, were like afraid to go to class like we're intimidated yes. we're now intimidated because there's racial intimidation going on and then you know when we respond back like you said it's like oh you know no get rid of that get rid of that we don't need any race wars mm-hmm. starting at frostburg and like, it's like okay well we'll let them do that but not historically speaking when you were um what was it the guy who um did the fbi or something ah uh, james Cohn. No, Close you're on. talking about James Edgar Hoover. Yeah, Hoover. He oh, told yeah. um, Kennedy um, after the civil rights movie when um, Martin got shot um, that um, we can't have another, not uprising, but we can't have something like this happen again. And, and you know, just so the black community and stuff, because he'd never seen anything with black people disorganized before. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just something to keep in mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You wrote it in a letter. It was pretty cool when you read it. But, yeah. yeah. Remember uh, talking about that Trump stuff, like when they're vandalizing the bills and stuff. Remember we got like permission for says to uh, like uh, spray paint the sidewalks and stuff. Um, With the washable stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wash. It was like spray paint chalk, and we sprayed it like the night before. But then two cops came. They also had like little yeah. body cams too. They came up to me, and were I you, think were yeah. You, did they come up to you too, or I think not alone. Because it was me, Michaela. I think Jerm was there. Jerm wasn't with us right there, though. I think, or maybe he was, but I forget. But they had Trump on the building right next to where we oh, really? were allowed to spray paint on the building. I mean, I mean, not on the building, on the sidewalk. But they came up to us, yeah, cleaned that off in the morning. Oh, yeah. Trump I saw, was still I saw, there. I saw when they cleaned wow. it off, too. They, like, with the power, like, power washed that joint off, too. Man. It's still, like, slightly stained there. Yeah, yeah. Like um, when I go to, cause that day I had like this Obama hat. When you wanted to wait, I go to get Chick Fil A, and the lady that's like serving, serving, no, not serving, like the cashier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She quietly says, "Take that off, take that off." And I'm like, "What? What you talking? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> When you had what on? The Obama hat. Remember, I used to have the. Obama oh, I think, hat. Yeah. I think you said. Sorry, I think you said like, you right. Take it off. Take it off. I wonder if that was Mr. Tracy. Um, crazy. Yeah, I bought a. Uh, shortly after that, I bought a hat, and my parents never let me wear it. But um, it's a F Trump hat, and uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna wear this to school, like on campus. And uh, my parents were like, Don't do that. We yeah. don't need you coming oh, yeah. home. I, mean, I, I did that. Or I made a. I actually made like a, a little design for Instagram. I, I put it up. I got a bunch of likes, but my mom saw it. And it was just like, take that down. What not? And at first I was mad, but then I thought about where you were at. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking about like the future, because like for example, if company was like hiring me for my design, they look at my Instagram and they just see yeah. F Trump. So I was like, okay, I'll take it down. Yeah, and that yeah, was, but th- that's something that like kind of going back to like we said about digging up old things. You know, um, you have to really be conscious about because. Like right now, nobody's digging through our tweets, being like, "Oh, you know, let's expose them." Unless yeah, you know, yeah. we're, we're so, it's like yeah. a really yes. upset, you know, significant other trying to, you know, whatever. Mm. But nobody's digging up those tweets until you know you hit a certain level, and it's like, "Oh well, 
you know, I'm here and they're there. Let me do what I can to kind of bring them back down Mm -hmm. to where I am. And it's like, you know, people, if you dig far enough behind, you'll find something on everybody. Yeah. You know, if that's, you know, like there's a pic, like there's a picture that just recently surfaced that I saw on my timeline of Anthony Davis when he was at uh, Kentucky and they were like, they had pulled his pants down and his like, you know, he was naked and it was like. You know, if you go back far enough, you'll find something. I'm sure yeah. Anthony Davis was like, "Yo, can like, what can we do to get this taken off the internet?" <laughs> yeah. You know, because that's like nobody wants to see that. No, um, not. I remember um, what was it, Camila Cabello? Um, you know, a couple of months ago, got in trouble for a racist tweet she made back when she was 16. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was all over the news, and she had to apologize and everything. But I'm like, I mean, yeah, it wasn't cool and all. I'm like, I'm not really a fan, so I don't care either way. But right. the point of the matter is, is that. She went. Someone went through all this, you know, time and you know effort because they just just didn't like this person. You know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah. There's something damaging about saying those types of remarks that cuts you. Not cuts you, but um, it just takes you down socially. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that we talked about with the uh, something that we're working on now, is like if you look deep enough at somebody, you'll find out who they who they really are. Yeah. You'll find but do something. you really want to know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, it like we're all this. sitting here, you know? But then, like, if you look deep enough at me, you might find something. Like, I don't know about that brain, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the energy. Like, the power right. of energy. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's like, I honestly, I take people for what they're worth. I'm not going to, like, right here, I feel the energy is cool. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, leave and be like, you know what? I don't, I don't wow. know about one of them. Like, <laughs> let, me, let me go. Let me go be like Joe Goldberg from you, and let me investigate oh, nah. one of these. <laughs> and then it's like, oh yeah, I found it. That's why. I, that's why you know you don't do yeah. like that's not normal behavior. You know, you you should take people for who they are, for how they display themselves, because people can change, and they, like that's something that uh, I think we take for granted. Um, like. The best apology is change behavior. So mm-hmm. if you apologize, like like you said, Camilla Cabal, 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 yeah, you know Cabello. if tomato, tomato, you know just <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know because I know Justin Bieber had the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, it's not cool, but if I'm gonna hold what you did at 14, 13 years old over your head for life. What does that say about me? Yeah, you can't know, grow. you can't grow. You know, like so. Um, the last thing I, that I kind of wanted to touch on, it, as far as your what you said about creative, uh, creatively bossing yourself in, um, is if we don't have a platform to say what we feel the world needs to hear, then I think that's creative, uh, creatively bossing ourselves in. So if I said, like, so like in one of my screenplays, uh, a major thing that I, I'm, I talk about is um, the Me Too movement. That's something that like I'm really, you know, taking that and implementing into the horror genre. Um, and, you know, like a lot of these companies that I was going to, they were like, take that out, take that out, take that out. And I was like, why? Why do you want me to take what's going on in Hollywood right now out of this, you know, out of the screenplay? Because it's, it's not appropriate. Oh well, because you know it's yeah it's it's insensitive to the people who are going through it. And I'm like, is it to be telling a story that they might need to heal to heal, yeah. or to say something that 
you know, like, it's okay to not say, not to speak out about the Me Too or Time's Up movement because of what agenda? There's a movie yeah. coming out with, uh, was it Nicole Kidman? Oh, it's, it's out, Bombshell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh, pretty much, talks about, like, Robbie. Me Too, like... Yeah, about Roger, uh, Roger Ailes and yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, why wouldn't they... That's yeah, no it's just like, just... you know, it. it's not a very... Uh, it's it's not something that they are happy about, you know. It's like it's like when you look when you talk about America, it's like the st- what's the biggest stain on America's history? Yeah, it's the elephant in the room. You know? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like nobody wants to talk about the elephant in the room, but it's like the best thing to do is talk about mm-hmm. is to talk talk about the elephant in the room. And it's like, all right, air's clear. Right. You know, mm-hmm. this is what it is. We know what it is. Uh, now we can kind of like start to move forward, start to heal. Um, and it kind of puts them in a box of like, how do we respond to this? Because now it forces you to come out and show your true colors. Um, so you know you wouldn't tell you wouldn't tell a comedian like you can't make a fat joke, you can't talk about gay people, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that because, I mean, com- like comedy. <laughs> I mean, you can't. Some some people take it too far, yeah. but then it's also like, how can we, you know, like. If somebody like say Chris T- like in um, Delirious, uh-huh. Eddie Murphy makes fun of uh, of gay people. Yeah. Uh, if you had and he said that there was a a gay person who came up to him after the show and was like, I like laughed the hardest out of everybody. And then you have a hundred people who were like that really offended me. Mm-hmm. But you have one person who was like that was the funniest thing you said all night. It's like, oh, okay, how do we, like, again, n- you're not going to ever be able to please a thousand yeah. percent, yeah. Yeah. Right. you know? So um, I think it's our job as creatives and anybody, you know, to kind of have that, um, the the platform to be create, uh, free to creatively express how you feel. Okay. Yes. Yeah. People also need to, like, take the time to, like, actually, like, Realize what they're saying, cause like, like not every joke is like bashing somebody. Yeah, yeah. Say. yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a joke. It's, Usually yeah. when they make a joke, it's like because they're familiar with like the uh, community, yeah. as opposed to like saying, "Oh, gay people do this and gay people do that." Ah, that's funny. Yeah. And then it's just like, no, no, that's no, that's, 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 that's not, not how that works. That's yeah, not yeah. That works. <laughs> you know, cause would you, like, if a black person talked about growing up in the hood, and they grew up in the hood. Would you be like, you can't make that joke? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who you talking about? Like, yeah. I'm talking about my experience. I'm about yeah. my experience. Yeah. And I, life. right, this is my life. This is my community. This is everything about me. You know, and like people talk about Kevin Hart, and it was, I was just like, okay, he made a joke about his son being gay, you know, and everything. And I'm like, okay, that was a little far. But what about all the other jokes he said about people? Nobody else said anything, you know? Yeah, I remember, um, was I think it was Dave Chappelle. He was talking about his little girl and stuff, and she mm-hmm. was um, she was told she came out the closet to him. <laughs> that was Chris Rock. I was Chris Rock. Oh, okay, Chris I was Rock. Yeah, yeah. Chappelle's two sons. Yeah, yeah, Chris Rock was like, um, you should do, um, you should at least date a dude. Try to um, you know, I'm gonna skip the joke. This cannot air. This cannot. Yeah, air. yeah. So anyway, um. Omi basically told um, told his daughter that you should at least try it out, blah, 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 blah. He made a joke and all this other stuff about um, different dudes and another gay joke on top of that. But it's, um, wow, wow, I just forgot what I was going for. 
Um, <laughs> mostly because I was just laughing at work for a stop, like I said. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I kind of understood where he was coming from. I yes. Guess, as a parent, but yeah. but, but I also wanted to be a spirit kid. It's all about it's all about it's like it's all about context though too. It, yeah. It's about context. And it's like it wasn't offensive. That's what I thought. Yeah. Like Kevin Hart saying that joke, fine. Looking at the context of the joke, it is insensitive, yeah. you know, to have those feelings. But you gotta know, like, is it he? Look at look at Kevin Hart as a person, and look at how he grew up, and look at his story. If you look at Kevin Hart's story, I understand why he says, says jokes like that. His father wasn't wasn't even there for him. Like he had a yeah. different upbringing, so that's why he and his father was tough on him. So that's why he feels like he has to be like that with his son. So like. People need to find out the context of why. Oh, why is he saying this? Once you find that out, then you'd be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's why. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's not. He's not trying to. He's not trying to be malicious. He just he grew up that way. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? But especially like this in age and like how we're talking about like the media, everything is instant. Yeah. Like, yep. Completely. We want instant, instant gratification. Like the news, instant because they want clicks. So whether the info is true or not, they just want clicks. Uh, social media likes and all that stuff everything's instant 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 we get everything Amazon everything's instant, instant yep. so like now like with jokes like that our first reaction is like oh that doesn't sound right but we don't sometimes we don't yeah. take the time to really flesh out you know why would he say this or the context of like what he's saying so like with comedians like Dave Chappelle he's my favorite comedian because he um, makes fun of everybody <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. just like, but he like, especially his last his last one where he just he, he he said I don't I don't care like I'm calling everybody out, yeah. like you know this is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, so it is. Yeah, and then you really look deep at it, you know, like like you said, his dad wasn't around, yeah. and when his dad was around, he was like really tough on him. So right. that you know, when you really look at it, it's this hyper masculinity that he grew up with. So yeah. when he becomes a father, those are the things that were instilled in him. So now he looks at, you know, well, if if my son was this, I'm going to do the same thing that my dad said to me. Thank you. And it's like, you know, generational trauma is like mm-hmm. something that isn't like it's inherent. You know, you don't get to like be born and be like, oh, I don't have generational trauma. No, because all of these things are still going to influence you along the way. So we just keep it going. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, like what you said, um, like Gail, like the thing with Gail King. And her, you know, uh, response on Kobe Bryant, and uh, like when you really look at it, uh, you can see both sides. But I don't. The way it was taken out of context was makes it even more disgusting. Yeah. Except for when you listen to the full interview, you can say, okay, I kind of see where she was going with it. It still was, you know, it's still something you shouldn't have said. My only issue with Gail King on that is like. She said, nah, if you ask about the, the trial of the case, just you can ask about it, but don't say it complicated his legacy. That was my issue. Yeah. yeah. That was my main issue. Don't say, because it didn't complicate his le- legacy. Kobe's still revered. People, Thank you. Yeah, thousands and so. not, actually yeah. millions of people are talking about Kobe Bryant. He's still he's still a trending topic. Yeah, you know, right. he's, yeah. um, look at all the people who were outside of LA Live, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, you know, like, I wouldn't have said complicated legacy, but I definitely could see as somebody who's a new a part of a news outlet uh, wanting to kind of get other people to understand 
that that is a part of you know his who he yeah. was, yeah. was yeah. and 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 what and how that helped him grow to who he yeah. who he became. ultimately became to be that if that's what she was going for i get it but what ended up playing out on twitter i thought was completely yep. disgusting you know yeah. Yeah. like yeah. and that feeds so much into what you said gerard yeah yeah and that's like sorry i i was just thinking about you know that's does michael jordan's like gambling issue does that like tarnish does that hurt his legacy at all no Exactly. No, it's like, like come on, it's people like, overlook it all the time. Exactly. Yeah, people yeah like, they don't um, even mention it. Who yeah. was it? He was um, supposed to have been like a jerk, and he, he was. was, was. <laughs> oh, he was. Yeah, but that will never talk. Like, I mean, to be fair, rest, I'm not trying to disrespect, but Kobe and Kobe. Kobe. Michael were known. That's to Michael 1.5. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. That's Michael not 1. nice. Yeah, just shows their competitive attitude. Yeah, they can Yeah, yeah. Made them so great. And like. Growing up, somebody who played basketball, like looking up to Kobe Bryant and like looking up to Michael Jordan, like people don't even talk about like the flu game. Mm. Michael Jordan w- didn't have the flu. Michael Stop. Jordan was was drunk. He was hungover yeah. from the night before when he was at the casino. <laughs> like people, when you really like when you really unearth it, it's like why are we like so? It's okay to make Michael Jordan look like the Holy Grail. But now we're gonna desecrate Kobe Bryant's legacy by saying, "Oh well, you know the rape case or whatever." Yeah. Like that's not cool. You know what are they gonna say about LeBron James yeah. next? Yeah. You know it's like yeah. it's it's gonna be this like this incessant kind of like thing that's gonna continuously happen where people are gonna try and find one way to find. Now Michael Jordan is definitely different because people are getting shot and killed over your shoes and you're not speaking out about it. But yeah. um, you know, look at Kobe Bryant did so much for the community. You know, he always wanted to like, um, like he ultimately ended up coaching a girls basketball team. Yeah. Like the man changed, you know. Um, so you can't really compare and you can't really uh, like if we're going to talk about it, like we need to like. Yeah. But I feel like not to cut you off, but like this, honestly, this conversation is always targeted to black men. Yeah. And I just I always like even when I saw Kim ask that, I'm like. Oprah's your friend. She's friends with Harvey Weinstein. Are you gonna ask Harvey Weinstein's siblings in an interview about stuff like this? Are you gonna like? Are mm-hmm. you gonna talk yeah. to these other men that have done, white men that have done egregious things, more than black like Elvis Presley? God forbid he was doing nastier things than you know. Yeah. R. Kelly, yeah. like, are you gonna are you gonna keep the same energy for them? Yeah. Because it's always with us. Like they they do that with. Right. I just don't. They do anything to bring us down. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Our own people. Our own people, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. And, like, you almost wonder, like, how much of, uh, you know, of, like, puppeteering is it? You know, like, when you get into that field, you know, there's narratives, and, like, Bombshell touches on that, of, like, mm-hmm. yo, this is the story you're telling, tell it. You know, mm-hmm. and then, oh, you yeah. know... Yeah. Or if you, want, if you want this... If you want to be here, Mech and Kelly, you know what you have to do. And it's, like, so the same thing for them, like... How much influence is being pushed on Gail King? Like, if you want to continue, if you want to continue to rise as a uh, as an anchor, you need to push this Kobe Bryant story. Oh well, you know, I was really kind of hoping that like we would talk about Harvey Weinstein's case, which is still going on. Like, the prosecution just rest a few days ago. Oh my but gosh. that'll only, you know, like you'll only find that out if you're looking for it. Yeah. You don't have to look for news on Kobe Bryant. Oh, you don't have to look for news on R. Kelly. No, no, no. You know, it's yeah. like. I don't yeah. know, I don't understand that. Where's you know the the formula in uh in the coding of like social media and news cycles of like 
of all of that. Yeah, we just too powerful, man. That's why you want to bring us down. <laughs> honestly, 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 it is. They hate us because they ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we're oh, we're like an hour and a half. Uh, hey, that's this episode. Thank you guys for being on. Like, I think y'all are first, like, guests that are not, I guess, would you say, like, yeah, in we, this, like, immediate friend group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but y'all, y'all, y'all killed it. Thank you. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. Do you guys have. I mean, obviously, y'all got social media. Would you like to promote it? Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know why I said it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. What about no... Um, Plug yourself. Yeah, your business. Yeah, oh, so uh, we don't have any social media for No Free Ride Productions yet. That as still, of yet. As of yet. Yeah. That's still in, in the works. Um, I, uh, you can find me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Stream of Wisdom. Um, and, yeah. Uh, I'm not really a Snapchat user, so don't follow me on Snapchat. Um, <laughs> uh, you can you can follow me Will on the good underscore Will on Instagram. Um, I forgot what my Twitter username was, like out of the moment. So I think it's the good underscore Will three for my Twitter. So mm. yeah, does, okay. the, does the three mean mean anything? Because I'm the third. Oh, yeah. Willard Paul's oh. great in the third. Hold on, hold on, wait, 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 say it, not, you gotta say it nice and slow into the camera, oh, I'm sorry, into the mic, say it again. Sir Willard Wallace Brewington the third. Sheesh. Hell of a name. All right, with the Royalty. Royalty. Bring back that world glory. Yeah. All right, um, you can find, you know, all of us at Out of the Berg podcast. Um, and Twitter. And Twitter, yeah, uh, we're just our, out of the berg on Twitter, yeah. And on um, our individual uh, handles, you can find me at Geronimo B twenty eight on Instagram. Yeah, you can find me Kofi Peter underscore Avery Cooper as Avery capital K O O P A and Chris Kelly five seven. Yeah, and um, follow, subscribe if you're on Apple. Um, follow us on Spotify. What else are we on? We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, I think. if that's iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Deezer. Uh, what was it? Uh, TuneIn. Uh, Public Radio. Uh, We're everywhere. Yeah, pretty We're much. We're everywhere. Yeah. So just look for us Cast and you'll box. find us. Follow, engage with us. Let us yes. know what you think. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. Take care.